Hey, John, this is, was a very interesting podcast uh, with Liza Miller from Women Riders World Relay. Where were? Where were, as she described it herself, where were. Um, and, I, and I have to say, I was particularly proud of you in this podcast. Uh, you know, there's clearly a movement afoot right now in this country lately um, with the Me Too movement and where we're, uh, which is elevating women. Uh, I loved how you pointed out that, in fact, Barbara Wilkins uh, has been uh, a part of this dealership uh, since the very beginning, a very strong woman, and as Liza called her, a badass. How would you she feel did. about that? But, she, but we didn't get that on tape, though. Oh, that's we true. Didn't, we weren't recording when she called Barbara oh, a badass. Oh, that was afterwards. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Barbara is a badass. But uh, Liza also is very feisty. She's a, she's a feisty, but uh, we didn't sense any man hate as she has no, experienced. No, that's a bunch of bullshit. Anybody calling this organization a man hater because they w- will not allow a man to join the group on Facebook is a friggin' idiot. I agree. Friggin' idiot. Mark, say it. Friggin' idiot. That's a friggin' idiot. Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. Okay, on the line with us today is Liza Miller with Women Riders World Relay. That was a little bit of a tongue twister. Welcome, Liza. Welcome, Liza. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We are uh, really excited to have you on the air here. For our listeners that have not heard of Women Riders World Relay, which Mark had not heard of of, of this organization. That's correct. I'll be straight and okay. honest with you, yes. Liza, tell, tell our listeners that have not heard of this organization what the Women Riders World Relay is. No problem. And just to make it easier, I refer to it as were were. Yeah, that's easier. Wish we, we had known that. Wish we had known that before. Were were W R W R. Yes, course, Mark. I like it. Were were. This was a just a concept in the brain of uh, Haley Bell out of uh, England, just about seven weeks ago. I want to say it's, it's been a blur. Seven or eight weeks ago, and she was frustrated with the lack of choices in women's gear, and wanted to figure out how to get the attention of the industry and to show how many women writers there really are and decided a great way to do that would be to unite writers around the world by doing an around the world relay so simply creating a a baton of sorts and taking off and passing it from country to country and um, showing the world how many women writers there are and that was the concept, and it's grown into something much bigger than that. We now realize that we've become inspiration to other women writers once they're realizing how many women there are writing around the world. But we've also become inspiration in countries where women writing is not that popular or socially acceptable, and all the women speaking up have become uh, role models in that sense. So that's what it started at, and it's turned into a giant global community. It's really pretty amazing. So I, and I heard about it from uh, from somebody at Harley-Davidson, which was kind of kind of cool, and um, kind of a side story here. So I so I go on, you know, Mark, you know I, I uh, spend a lot of my time on Facebook. Yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I go on Facebook, 
and I find and I find a little bit of information about them, and I decide, well, I'm going to join to learn a little bit more. And you know what they did? What did they do? Liza, you know what they did? I know exactly what they did because I instructed them to do so. They, they, they kicked me out. They wouldn't let me in. Uh, they didn't kick me out. They, they wouldn't let me in. They, they Into the Facebook page? They wouldn't even let me into their Facebook page. It was a group that, that I got a nice message, very, very nice message. Uh, I'd have to pull it up and read it, but it doesn't matter now. But, but yeah, they didn't let me in. So you were vetted and you were rejected, which happens to you a lot, I know. But So why were you rejected in this particular case? Liza, why, why was I rejected? That is a simple answer. And the, the better question is, why did you receive a message? That is because we're only allowing women in the Facebook group because we need to be counted and we need to have a voice. But we don't want to exclude men. So we make a point of any man who does try and join. We send them a message thanking them for requesting to join. We would love to have your support. However, we just can't let you in the Facebook page. And that was good that they did that and followed the instructions. Uh, we have many people who are helping to moderate uh, for exactly this reason. And I posted, hey, guys, I just want you to know, thank you for following protocol because it turns out this guy is somebody in the motorcycle industry who may be able to help us and, in fact, is going to let us come on his podcast and help spread the word. So that's it. We are not anti-man, and we try and make it clear that's what the goal is. And we are going to be reaching out and needing help from everybody to accomplish this task. Well, Liza, that makes entire sense to me. One of the expressions that you use on your website uh, for your organization is you call it a global sisterhood. And I, I love that term. Uh, and I'm surprised John didn't catch on to the fact that it was a sisterhood and just put himself right well, in the Well, I thought it would, be, it would be exciting to become a member of that group and, and just see what was going on. Like I, As soon as I heard about this, yeah. and like I said, I, I heard about it from somebody within Harley Davidson and and it was growing and then and they their website first of all were 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 website which mm-hmm. which is uh uh www.womenridersworldrelay.com yeah um fantastic website but they are growing rapid fire on Facebook uh Instagram I didn't check out their Twitter did you did mm-hmm. you check out I did not see their Twitter okay. page I'm not a Twitter user so. well anyway I, I bet I could follow them without them knowing on Twitter. Yeah, it's possible. Well, anyway, great website. Uh, highly encouraging our listeners to take a moment and uh, and go on the different, whatever it is you use, uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. But um, really cool logo. That's a logo that, that I probably would consider having on a uh, on a shirt or something. Did you see the logo? It's like a helmet. I love it. And it's got hair coming out of the, the back, you know, the back of the thing. And it said, unites us, excites us. Um, it's it's a cool logo. I think it's a fantastic logo. So, and the helmet, the helmet is actually a globe. The helmet is a globe. That's, That's right. right. Yep. So, and it says, we're, we're on the, uh, on the goggles. We're, we're. Yeah. Global sisterhood. So, uh, Liza, so what, I, I know you haven't picked dates yet for this, for this relay, but is is this a, this is several months, right? A spring and summer, or or how long is this? Are you expecting this relay to go on? So we are going to be leaving the top of Scotland in the spring. The exact date hasn't been announced yet, but um, full disclosure, I'm actually the route planner. Um, I just I'm not revealing 
too much yet because it is still changing as we plan. Of course. Based upon membership signing up. We've got, uh, on our route, we've got 82 countries. We've already got, we're nearing 13,000 women signed up on Facebook. And how long, um, and how long is where we're kicked off? About two months. Can you believe that? That's incredible. That's a lot of people in a short amount of time. It's not surprising. It, it, it really isn't. Yeah. Well, I think it's indicative of this time in history in the world and women writers. And I think the U.S. is just a perfect example of that. Um, so you're at a dealership. What percentage of your sales are to women? About 30%. That's pretty high. It's very high. The percentage of women uh, writing in general. And uh, I think the numbers I've heard are 7 and 9% mm-hmm. female ridership. And, but we know that it's growing. It is and growing. We know that the industry needs this. For, further, and not just here in the United States. I know that you know we've got a lot of movements trying to save motorcycling here. There's dealerships closing everywhere. We've lost every dealership here in Santa Cruz where I live. But even in places like Pakistan that I frequent, they're coming out with a new model of bike that they step through frame so that women can ride because they realize the whole market that they're missing there. So. This is a time in history It's happening worldwide that women are getting onto bikes or jumping off the pillion, getting onto the front. And it's a common theme we're reading on the Facebook page, which, by the way, is open to the public. We're not, again, not trying to exclude anybody. You just can't join and be a member, but you can view it there. It is open. But a common thread is women saying, you know, I'm 52 and I just started writing. And it's really cool what's happening right now. How many women riders are getting on a bike? Well, further evidence, Liza, uh, beyond the 30% uh, women buyers that we have at the dealership here is we also have a riding academy. We are training new riders uh, all through the summer. I think that's why it's probably as high as it is. It it certainly contributes to it. Uh, But our enrollment in riding academy of women even exceeds that 30%. It's, it's remarkable to me um, how, how many women are interested in the sport and are what seeming, seems to be like all of a sudden, uh, you know, g- going there and getting into it and, and, and transcending all of the uh, inhibitions that have existed before. And so I have a question for you, Eliza. In your opinion, so what has been inhibiting women riders for all of these years? Is it, is it the machines themselves? You mentioned that the, your founder was frustrated with the availability of, of women, uh, bikes that were suitable for women. Or do you think it's a cultural thing as well? It's probably a little bit of both, huh? A little a bit of both. And, and I want to address the, the, the lack of choice of gear. Because as a dealership, you guys probably know, and this is something I've brought up in the group. Hey, I tell everyone, it's not, it's not the, the stores or the dealers' fault. It's the women who are buying gear uh, are the ones who are making the decisions, and anything that sells, they're going to replenish. So the fact that they don't have a lot of different sizes or most of the colors are pink is not somebody sitting in an office making that decision. That's what's selling. So what you need to do is you need to get out there and buy more gear and show them what sells. It's that, that simple. But, I mean, around the world, um, you know, it's a lot of different things. Um, there was a time, if you go back in, in, in time here in the States, I think one of the third oldest 
clubs is in the Bronx, I believe it right, MC clubs. We've got two others out here. You go 100 years ago, and there were women riding in the clubs. And then you get into about wartime, I think, the 40s, and it became more traditional for women to be the housemaker, and it wasn't cool for women to ride. How many decades has that taken to overcome that just here in the state? Hmm. Well, we have, uh, you know, an interesting, I'm not sure if you if you knew this about us, Liza, but the original, one of the original founders uh, of, of our dealership here, uh, Barbara Wilkins, uh-huh. started uh, riding when she was 18. She's 88 years old now, but rode, rode motorcycles with her husband, Harry Wilkins, and, and they founded the business in 1947. Um, and, and certainly, I think that contributes to, um, and maybe an I would assume it would create an inspiration for other women riders in our area, which may be contributing to one of our reasons why we have a high, um, you know, higher percentage. But we're certainly trying to get further, um, you know, sell sell more motorcycles, sell more gear to to women riders. And you know, one one of the positions I often take in riding academy and even going over motorcycles, and maybe this is a sexist statement, but it's true is that women listen more when we're going over the motorcycle or or riding academy or whatever the case may be men tend to at least when buying a motorcycle we have a lot of men that maybe uh you know are ready to just get on the bike and ride and so um it's always interesting and i always uh appreciate that 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 when you're going through they they have really thoughtful questions and just um it's very exciting and so maybe our culture here is a little different on that respect, but I'm, I'm interested. One of the questions I had is, you know, I think you listed on one, one of the websites, 95 countries. What are some of the countries that are, you mentioned Pakistan, but what are some of the countries aside from Pakistan that were, um, when, when you heard they were, there was women there signing up to be part of this, which countries surprised you? Oh, there's so many. Um, I mean, we're covering, you know, all of, uh, most of Europe, you know, Greece, Serbia, Hungary, uh, Slovakia, Czech Republic. Um, uh, we've gotten women from Russia and Estonia and Finland and Lithuania. We've got a big amount of women from Lithuania. Hmm. Um, but also in the, in the Middle East. Now, I go to Pakistan, and I do tours in Pakistan, so I know that there are women writers there, um, but it still is very uncommon, and it makes the news for women to ride in, in Pakistan. Um, you know, Nepal and Bangladesh, I mean, they're, they're everywhere, but considering how many bikes are used in these countries, especially like in um, Singapore, a place like that, that's a very common uh, transportation, but not that many women have signed up in those countries. So it, it is very interesting. I'll, I'll tell you one that surprises me, Mexico. We don't hmm. have that many women signed up in Mexico. Hmm. And why? And I can only guess that maybe it's because of the machismo in Mexico. Hmm. Curious. Liza, you 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 mentioned uh, that there is a baton involved 
uh, in the relay. And I'm curious, is this, is this like a baton that we might see in a track and field sort of thing? Or is it, is, you know, it, it seems to me like it's an opportunity for you to... to Just symbolic, Mark. Yeah, well, it is a symbolic thing, but what, I mean, what, what is the baton, literally? Well, the baton, I'm still, we're still working on that, but I actually have one here with me that I've mocked up, and it simply is PVC tubing with caps on the end. Um, it is going to be passed from woman to woman, and not just that. We're going to do events. Like, when it comes to New York City, we want to have a gathering. We want as many women to touch the baton as possible. We want this thing to travel the world and be touched and reached by so many women. Um, the reason I'm looking at PVC tubing is we want to have a GPS tracker in there. We also want to be able to have, like, notes in there that people can share. And PVC tubing is simple. It's, it's going to be weatherproof, and it'll survive, you know, being dropped or crashed. Um, but I think it'll be, it will be significant that this, this single thing will travel around and be touched by so many women. I would like to say, however... Do not use this as a pickup line in a bar. Hey, would you like to touch my baton? <laughs> no, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I would never think it lies. I wasn't even going line. down that path. No, I, I you know, my, here's where I, I was going to just call it symbolic baton. But then when when <laughs> well, when she said that when she said that they actually have a baton to pass. You know, I mean, you 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 got me on this one, Mark, because I was about to make fun of you. Well, and I apologize because uh, I was about to basically you, be like. Well, here's where I was going. I mean, yeah. you know, tell us. For where instance, are you going? in the Olympics, there is a you know a baton of sorts, which is very symbolic. No it's shit. A, it's a flame, a baton, right? Yeah. But it's 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 essentially a baton, correct? Mm, I'm not sure. Do they call it a baton? The no, one they that's don't. Got the flames but on the top of it. Point of the matter is, is it's a handoff, not unlike this relay. It's an Olympic relay. And I think that there's an opportunity here for for uh, Werwer, the Global Sisterhood, to yep. have a baton that is, um, you know, a little bit more. Mm, what's the right word? Uh, symbolic yeah. for a bit for that. You know, I just I, to well. Then, then I think maybe what you're saying is the the you you used an analogy of Olympics. Yes. And then you reference the flame. Yeah. What we call in America the torch. Yeah, the torch, but it's a baton. So so they've chosen to go with baton. Yeah. Not past the torch. Okay, I get it. But you do you know what I'm saying? That there's like there's, I don't there's something really romantic about the Olympic torch, you know? It's Yeah, but the flames go out on the freeway. The fl- the flames do see, go Mark, out on the freeway. See they see, see Liza put thought into this. It's another example of me being over romantic and not practical. My wife says that about me all the time. So, so where were you going with this? You were just well, basically saying it was romantic that they had chosen a baton. No, I just wanted to know what the baton looked like. I oh. was thinking it might be something elaborate, but it's it's more utilitarian for yes. a good reason. I like the fact that they're going to put notes inside there. I like that too. I I do, and I I just think it's interesting that that was that's cool. That's a cool. neat that's a neat piece of this. To be able to put little notes inside there and pass it to the next person. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad we agree on something. We don't agree on much, John, but this is one thing. I'm glad you y'all agree with me as well. <laughs> Liza, I'm, I'm you know we're simpatico, you and I. I it's John we got to worry about over here. So you I, were talking I'll tell about. Tell you how important that is. <laughs> <laughs> so. So what country, Liza, represents the largest portion of, of, of women who are signed up? Oh, this has been kind of fascinating for me to see this happen as members sign up. Um, 
the largest country is not just a country, it's a continent, and that would be Australia. Australia. That's cool. Interesting. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, U.S. is not at the top. Well, we got to fix uh, that. It doesn't surprise me. Australia's got almost three times the amount of people signed up as the U.S. So you're designing this route around the world, and uh, that in itself has to be quite a quite a challenge. How are you? Are you are you working with locals on on the ground in those places to help design this, or are you using motorcycle maps? And how are you doing this? Yeah, so what we're actually doing is we're assigning ambassadors for different countries or regions. And then I'm working with these ambassadors and letting them plan the route in their in their region. We're giving them like a budget of how many days. But we're also trying to schedule events and gatherings. For instance, in the UK, we want to have an event at the Ace Cafe, because how can you not, right? Mm -hmm. And we're also trying to include notable women in writing. Um, she hasn't been asked yet, but, for example, uh, when we go to Isle of Man, I'd love to have Carolyn Sells, the first woman to win Isle of Man race, to do a lap around the island. With that is cool. Mm -hmm. That is cool. That's on my bucket list. So, right? so we are trying to schedule in different events and to be able to gather even more women and more attention and do it all... Uh, as I said, it started out to get the industry's attention, but I don't think that's whose attention we need to get. And I don't think we need to try and get the attention of men in the world. We're not trying to change their mind. It's really been the women of the world who are being inspired and cool. are mm -hmm. throwing a leg over and want to start writing themselves. And that, I think, is really cool. So how do... Um, so, so someone listens to this... Uh, a woman is out there in the world that is is listening and she wants to be involved with this. What, do, what does she need to do? Well, we actually want to be inclusive of everyone. So if you have a motorcycle, a trike, a um, scooter, or if you are a pillion, we will make room for you because we don't want to exclude pillions. Pillions are hardcore. I won't do it personally. It scares the piss out of me to ride on the back of the bike. And there are a lot of women who put a lot of miles on there. So we're including women who don't ride but want to be included. We'll find a bike to put them on the back of. It's that simple. You just join the Facebook group, and you can do, fill out a registration form to be included uh, on the route. Liza, I wanted to ask you um, sort of again about the idea of the, the, the bikes or the equipment not being there. You, on your website, it's, it's called a market that is blindly overlooked. That's the quote that's on your website. What, what makes a perfect bike for a woman rider? What are the characteristics of that machine specifically that are appealing to women? I, you know, I, I probably have some, some stereotypes of what that might be. What has proven to be a good match for women, and what is the market missing right now? I mean, they shouldn't be pink. Yeah, we got that. But what else? That's a hard question, especially for someone like myself who's six foot tall. So I have many bikes, and I can ride anything. It's never been a problem for me to find a bike that fits me. And let's just say it's not just women, it's any short-statured person. But I find that men are more more confident to get on a bike that's 
too tall for them than a woman is. They want to feel much more secure, have their feet firmly planted. And there's a lot of bikes that do that. There's small displacement bikes. There's cruisers. But then there's also technique. And I use uh, Jocelyn Snow, a friend of mine, who is five foot, five foot one. She'll, I think five foot three quarters, something like that. And she went and competed against men at the GS Trophy in Mongolia on a stock GS 1200. Hmm. She's developed techniques to be able to ride and stop on bikes that are way too big for her. So I'm more about teaching women technique rather than trying to find a bike that will fit them, if that makes sense. I got it. It does make sense. Liza, you you and I, uh, you mentioned you uh, you actually have a podcast yourself. Can you just uh, briefly tell us about that? Just because I know we're you're uh, we're running low on time and you um, you're very busy. But if you could fill us in a little bit on that. Yeah, I host the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast out of sunny Santa Cruz. Uh, we've been going for over five years now, and uh, it's it's quite a listen. Uh, unlike you. You guys, we're not industry experts, but we are a room full of people, sometimes up to 12 people, just sharing our stories and have great guests on all the time. And we love all kinds of biking, dirt biking, everything. Which, by the way, I didn't mention, I am going to be including some dirt routes on our route around the world so that we can include dirt bikers as well. Nice. Well, we are running low on time. I know Liza is very, very busy. Um, I don't don't want to take advantage of that, Mark. Um, but unless you have any more romantic questions, maybe we could let Liza go. And uh, <laughs> maybe we could circle back with you, Liza, down the road later this summer um, as, as a conclusion, kind of wrap up um, and, uh, and see how things went. Yeah, and I really appreciate you guys uh, letting us get the word out. We still want to try and build our membership, especially here in the U.S. We've got so many women riders here. I can't believe Australia and the U.K. are beating us. So we got to get our numbers up. And for people who want to sign up to do this, it can be a full-day ride. It can, you can go across country with the baton if you want. Or if you want to just come to a gathering and, and ride with the group you know, out of the city, and turn around and go back, you can do that too. The point is we want everyone to be a part of this and really, as we said, unite women globally. I think it's the right time to do this. It's awesome. It really is. Liza, good luck to you. I think it's a fantastic thing that you're doing. Uh, we support you 100%, and I thank you for participating in our podcast today. Yeah, thank you guys too. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Liza. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.